series called Rest. And it's probably been a little bit different than some of us have thought about when I think about rest. With a subtitle of this thing being, what if we're doing kingdom wrong? Because a lot of times we've, we've made about being part of the kingdom of God about doing. You know, somebody comes up and they give their life to God and we say, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then when you're done with the do's, then we hand them another book that says, don't, 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 don't. But what if it was not ever really about all that? What if being part of the kingdom of God was simply about resting in what God has already finished and accomplished for us? Yeah, yeah. And so... I want to continue in that vein today and we're going to look at the same scripture because this is what the believer's life should look like. Go to Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, he says, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. This is the Passion Translation. Yahweh is my best friend. See, that's what your Christian life should look like. Where, well, let me tell you about Jesus. I don't want to know about Jesus. He makes me feel bad. Nobody wants to party with Jesus. He bums us out, man. But when we understand our relationship with Jesus, it says Yahweh is my best friend. He is my best friend and my shepherd. Oh, glory. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. <laughs> I just love how, how the passion puts this. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in the footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest, darkest, uh, deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. Fear won't conquer you because he has already conquered you. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely. For you are near. Man, that's pretty good to be a sheep. I don't know about you, but to be a sheep of this pasture, pasture it be a sheep in this pasture watched over by this shepherd that's a pretty easy job folks and that's what that's what salvation's always been about it's always been about just sit back take it easy trust the shepherd oh you have become now king james for thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies I love the passion here. For you have become my delicious feast. <laughs> you don't do stuff like that. Lord, that made me fall out. Mm, yum. You have become, oh glory, have become 
my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? It's easy being a sheep. This is about rest. It's easy being a sheep. He said, so why should I worry about the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. My goodness. That's called being a sheep. We should all just go on back. Because <laughs> it's that easy. It's that fun. Man, why in the world, why in the world do we ever have believers walking around looking like they've sucked on a lemon all day long? <laughs> we come into church and we act like, you got to get holy. He made you holy. <laughs> it's easy being his sheep over the last week we looked at to maintain this rest and to walk in this rest then we need to develop a relationship with Holy Spirit Amen. and we looked at because of our relationship with Holy Spirit some good things that it produces in our life the first week last week we saw he's our God he's our comforter he's our teacher this week I want to look at how to maintain that relationship. Because like every good relationship, if we want to keep it good, there's some maintenance that has to happen. Yeah. Right? You know, there's, there, I, I can't just sit and ignore D all day long and think our relationship's always going to be good. We may always love each other and we may always be in the same thing, but it may grow a little stale. A little stagnant. So today I want to talk about and, and, and just look at for a little while how to maintain this relationship. And in maintaining this relationship with Holy Spirit, we maintain rest. Because the things we're going to look at today are the opposite of rest. Amen. <laughs> Go to Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 30. From the um, modern English version, he puts it this way. He said, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, for those of us, no, let me rephrase this because I wasn't raised like some of you all. I was raised in a different denomination. But for some of you who grew up and for those of us who've been in this Pentecostal charismaniac craziness for most of our lives now, we have some weird idea that, he th that we think he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit and tongues and shouting and dancing and, and doing all. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That grieves the Holy Spirit. I'm getting ready to shock you, hopefully, because those things have nothing to do with grieving the Holy Spirit, whether somebody allows them in church or not. Okay. He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you have been sealed to the day of redemption. 
Now that word grieve there, if you look, the word grieve there means to make sorrowful. So that means we can make sorrowful the Holy Spirit. We can actually sadden him. The word grieve means to make sorrowful. It means to affect with sadness, to cause grief, to, to throw into sorrow. Now here, look at the last one. It means to offend. See, if we're going to develop a relationship with Holy Spirit, then we have to learn how to maintain that relationship. And in maintaining that relationship, we have to attempt not to offend him. Because he can be offended. Now, that doesn't mean because he, you know, I offend thee. And I guarantee you hang around me long enough, at some point I will offend you too. That's a promise, guarantee. Not usually by choice. But because of my relationship with D, I may offend her, but she doesn't throw me away. At least we hope not. We got to understand that same thing about the Holy Spirit. Because we offend him doesn't mean he's throwing us out. And he's looking to get rid of you. Remember, we saw the first week we looked at the Holy Spirit that said that God will give you the Holy Spirit that will remain with you for how long? Forever. That he made his permanent home in you. Now, so the word grieve there, and do not make sorrowful. So let's read this with the definition. And do not make sorrowful. Do not affect with sadness. Do not cause grief. Do not offend the Holy Spirit. Go to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. I'm going to try to rush through this and get into the meat of this thing. Because I've got a lot to cover today. And you all love me, right? So you'll sit real still. Don't get up and leave on me yet. Psalm 78 verse 40 from the Passion Translation, he says, how many times they rebelled in their desert days? Talking about the children of Israel here. Which sounds a lot like us, if we're being real truthful about the matter. He said, how many times they rebelled in their desert days, how they grieved him with their what? All right, this side's getting it, this side over here. How they grieved him with their grumbling grieves the Holy Spirit. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe he did this. I can't believe he said that. They sang that song again. How they grieved him with their grumblings. Again, verse 41, again and again, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. So what limited God? It wasn't that God didn't want to bless them. It was in their grief of him as they caused him grief in their mouth. Their grumbling grieved him, which prevented him from blessing them. Imagine the blessings we would have if we just learned to control the thing that flaps between our lips. Amen. He said again and again, they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. Continually they turned, him, turned their back from him. They turned back from him and provoked the Holy One of Israel. Go to Psalms 95. 
Are you a grumbler? Don't answer that. Just keep looking straight ahead. Nobody knows we're talking about you. Are you a grumbler? Complainer? And then we wonder, why isn't God blessing me? <laughs> Come on. Psalms 95 verse 10. So for 40 long years, I was grieved and disgusted by them. I love the passion, how it puts it there. God says for 40 years, I was grieved and disgusted by them. He said, I described them as wicked wanderers whose hearts would not follow my ways or keep my words. Verse 11. So I made a vow in my anger and, this, and declared, I, they will not enter into the resting place. We're talking about rest, remember? They will not enter into the resting place. I have planned for them. So don't, now listen, this is our instruction now. So don't you ever be hard-hearted or stubborn like they were. I could quit now, go home, we'd all feel guilty, and, but I wanna, we're not done there yet. Folks, I'm telling you, if we want to remain in the rest of our salvation, then we're going to have to not only develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but this relationship is going to have to be main it's going to have to be maintained. Go back to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 verse 31 from the New King James Version. He, now remember verse 30. He said, and grieve not and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you've been sealed until the day of redemption. Now we're in verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. If we want to maintain this relationship with Holy Spirit, if we want to maintain this rest, then these are the things that you have to get out of your life. That I have to keep out of my life. That we have to keep out of our lives. So let's go. Let's look at the first one he says that we must get rid of. Now remember, verse 30 of Ephesians 4, and grieve not the Holy Spirit with, of God with which you've been sealed until the day of redemption. And let all bitterness. So what grieves the Holy Spirit is what's in this list. Has nothing to do whether we allow somebody to pray in tongues or allow somebody to dance or allow somebody to lay hands on the sick. That, that's not what grieves him. What grieves him is our, our attitudes and how we treat others. Come on. So first off, let's look at bitterness. Bitterness means to be hurtful or destructive to others. Bitterness means to be hurtful or destructive to others. It means to be sharp, to be cruel, to be severe. It means to be painful in the mind. So basically, bitterness is uh, go back to uh, two there. It says it, it said to be sharp, to be cruel, or to be severe. How is it that when people speak to you that they know you? Oh, don't talk to that one. Don't talk to Sally. She's just an old grump. 
Every time you talk to Sally, she's going to be mad at you. She's going to be mean. She's going to be rude. Now, I picked the absolute opposite of Sally. So if you don't know Sally, get to know Sally. You'll never experience this. <laughs> but don't, don't talk to Sally. She's so sharp. She's so, she just, bleh. You ever seen somebody just, bleh. You know, you, you, you go to talk to them the first, and they may not have even been mad at you, but it sounds like they've bit your head off and you, you really don't want to go talk to them because every time you go to talk to them, you feel a walking away like you've had a tongue lashing. That's a bitter person. And if that is how God, how other people see us, and so by then they're avoiding us, then guess what that means that Holy Spirit is now with us? He's grieved. Yo, everybody okay? Well, that's just the way I am. No, that's the way you want to be. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Darren and and Renee. That's the way you want to be. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to be that way. You're in control. Well, that's the way God made me. No, he didn't. My word says that God is love. Well, he's also of God of wrath. Not right now, he's not. And even God's wrath is from a place of love because God is love. So even in wrath, it should still look like love. So you have no excuse, oh man. Not old man, oh man. Go to Matthew chapter 15. Well, I can't help it. That's just the way I talk to people. Then stop. (laughs) I told you, you already said you love me, so you're in here now. (laughs) Matthew chapter 15, verse 6. I think I put 17, but I think we're... uh, Go to verse 18 is where I want to start. But what comes out of your mouth reveals the core of your heart. Words pollute you, not food. If you're reading King James Version, it says something like, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. (laughs) Remember the old song, I've got the joy, 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 joy. (laughs) How many times have you seen somebody sing like this? Hey, can I ask you a question? What? I'm singing about joy. I'm telling you, some people have made a reputation about themselves, about being, they're a bitter person, they're sharp, they're cruel. Well, it's just the truth. I'm just going to speak the truth. Just because it's the truth don't mean you have to give it. (laughs) Listen, I can come in here, preach you a good, nice message and and let you go out of here, but if it doesn't change us, then it's worthless. (laughs) Verse 19. You will find living with an impure heart living within an impure heart and murderous thoughts, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lies, and slander. Verse 20. That's what pollutes a person. Eating with unwashed hand doesn't defile anyone. So what comes out of your mouth? 
Well, I can't ever, it seems like God's never blessing me. Everybody's getting blessed. Why does God just not love me? Well, how do you treat others? See, let's go back to what Psalm said. What stopped God's blessings in the lives of the children of Israel? Their what? Grumblings. Their mouths, the things that come out of their mouth. And so when people begin to see us, what should they see? Is that what we want to show them about God? Because you've heard it a thousand and one times, you may be the only God that somebody ever sees. Well, do you want to show old hateful God? Do you want to show the God that, oh, please don't let my ball go in his yard? <laughs> don't let my ball go in his yard. If I get my, my ball goes in his yard, he's going to snap at me. He's going to be hateful. He's, well, there they go. Esther, there's old hateful going to church. <laughs> I'm not in your house. I don't know. Everybody puts on a real good show here. <laughs> what people need to see in us, it needs to be, if we really want to project Jesus, we want, really want to project the rest of Psalm 23, it should be exuberant joy. It should be good cheer. It should be gladness. All these things should be a part of who we are. Well, sometimes people just need to know. Okay, you can still tell somebody the truth and do it in a way that they feel okay about leaving you rather than go. Well, I can't help it because my word convicts somebody. Well, are you ready? Hang on to your seats. It's not your job to convict somebody. Last time I checked, see, you don't get a lot of claps on that. Last time I checked, that was Holy Spirit's job. He's the one that brings conviction. Well, I'm just trying to teach him right. No, that ain't your job either. Come on. So let's go on because bitterness didn't go over well, Karen. The next thing he said that you need to get rid of, and I'm putting two together because they're so intertwined you really can't separate them, is wrath and anger. Wrath and anger has to be something that we remove from our life. Well, I don't know if I can get anger out. Yes, you can. I used to tell my kids all the time, if you're angry, somebody else is controlling you. Come back here. Let's try it over here. If you're angry all the time, it's because somebody else has got control of you. They've got your emotions. They've got your thoughts. You can't get rid of it. They're in control. You're not in control. And especially if you've moved over into wrath. So let's define these. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's start with wrath. Wrath is a strong passion of emotion. Wrath is a strong passion or emotion of the mind that leads to swellings of anger. You ever seen somebody like that? Oh yeah, how you doing? They turn, boom, boom, boom. That's a wrathful person. Now does that, does that sound like rest? 
If you're constantly mad, you're constantly angry, you're constantly ticked off about something. There's no rest in that, folks. God wants you to enter rest. And wrath is a person who is on this roller coaster of they're okay, then angry, and then they're okay, and then they're angry, and then they're okay, and then they're angry, and then they're okay. That's a wrathful person. That's a person that's not in control. That is a person who is constantly at odds with Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is grieved. Everybody okay? Brent, just go like this. Okay, Brent shook his head. Wrath is a strong passion or emotion in the mind that leads to swellings of anger. It's a passion as if breathing hard. He said, what does that mean? That means this. I'm not saying nothing. But if I keep going, I'm going to pass out because I'm not oxygenating my brain. It's a passion as if breathing hard. It is fierce indignation. And when we operate in this place, we operate in a place of grievance to the Holy Spirit. And we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray and we can't figure out why it's not working out for me. Why does everything seem to be falling apart, Dan? I don't get it. Because he tells us here, don't grieve for the Holy Spirit and to cut these things out of our life. What is anger? Look at anger. Like I said, you have to put these two together because they're so intertwined. Anger is that passion that quickly boils up and soon subsides again. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Anyhow, what, what happened? What, what, what went on? What's going on with you? Everything good with you? Wait a minute. You can't ignore the fact you just left a nuke bomb all over the house and you blew up everything around you and act like nothing's going on here. See, what we're dealing with then is an angry person. Now, I don't, I'm not saying it's you. If this ain't you, hot dog. I agree, buddy. But if it is you, if you fall into this, we have to understand that this is grievance to the Holy Spirit. This is what scripture says. Anger is a passion that quickly boils up and soon subsides again. It is a more settled and abiding condition of the mind. In other words, it's a constant state of mind. Always angry. Anybody know anybody like, don't raise your hand. They may be sitting next to you. I'm looking at you, Carol. We know how Ernie is. <laughs> it's this constant state of mind where they're constantly angry. They're constantly got something on. It's a more settled or abiding condition of the mind, frequently with a view to take revenge. Anger is less sudden in the rise than wrath. So anger, wrath goes, <laughs> anger goes, and then finally it blows up and it drops. Okay? It's less sudden in its rise than wrath, but it's more lasting 
in its nature. Go to Proverbs chapter 14. You say, well, now wait a minute, Brent, you're, you're, you're picking on me today. I don't know you that well. <laughs> I'm just telling you what grieves the Holy Spirit. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17 from The Voice. He says, quick-tempered people make fools of themselves. And evil schemer, schemers make enemies. Quick-tempered people make fools of themselves. Gotta let those settle. And evil, now what, remember, what does anger does? Anger has an attitude of revenge. I'll show them. They'll see. <laughs> Come on. Quick-tempered people make fools of themselves. And evil schemers make many enemies. You want to know what really grieves Holy Spirit is how we're treating people. The attitudes that's in us that causes us to treat others in ways like this. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. I love this out of the message translation. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. He says, don't be quick to fly off the handle. Sometimes you got to read this in different translations. Don't be, hey, back that up, son. He got ahead of me. <laughs> Don't be quick. Folks, this is an instruction. Don't be quick to fly off the handle. Why? Because it grieves the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit's grieved, what did it say in Psalms? Let's go back. He said, for 40 years... For 40 years, I couldn't. They prevented me and limited me from doing what I wanted to do in their life because of their attitudes. Amen. And here he tells us don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs, and you can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. Now this is, now what we're talking about, we're talking about rest. And, and, and to stay in this rest, we have to maintain our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And to maintain our relationship with the Holy Spirit means to not grieve Him. Folks, let me tell you, if you know this person or these people, or you are these people, you know there is no rest for people like this. Amen. They go to bed mad, they get up mad. They can't sleep because they're mad. They're bitter, they're sharp. And all the while, they're going, God, I don't understand why you're not doing nothing in my life. It seems like God's blessing everybody else. God, I don't get it. Why not me? Why not me? Why not me? Same reason he couldn't do it for the children of Israel. Because of their grumblings. Prevented him from operating in them. So to get rid of, this is what he said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We're back in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God with whom you've been sealed until the day of redemption, verse 31, verse 31, he says, and get rid of all bitterness, all wrath, all anger. And then the next one, he says, get rid of all clamor. Well, what's clamor? I am glad Brandon asked me that. The word clamor here means this, folks. Look at this. It means uttering or repeating 
loud words. Making a great and continued noise. <laughs> Keep going. Particularly in complaint or inappropriate demands. That's what clamor is. It's when people just yell the same thing over and over again and I'm going to keep yelling the same thing over and over again until you listen to me because I'll eventually break your will down and you'll understand what I got to say. <laughs> that's clamor. And that's what he says grieves the Holy Spirit. Let's read that definition again. It's uttering and repeating loud words, making a great and continued noise, particularly in complaint or inappropriate demands. Go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 9. Basically, folks, is clamor is someone who is given to yelling, screaming, or the one who just continuously wants to talk loudly, argue angrily to get their way. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 9 from the Amplified Classic says it this way. He says, if a wise man has an argument with a foolish man, the fool only rages and laugh, or laughs and there is no what? There's no rest. For who? For either. Why? Because the fool rages and the fool keeps going and there is no rest. So isn't it better just to not be that person? If I want to stay in rest, I'm telling you, there's no, I would be, this, Becky, this would be a miserable life to lead. It is a life that continues to grieve the Holy Spirit. And it's a life that we struggle in. And he said, if a wise man has an argument with a foolish man, the foolish man only gets louder and he rages and he laughs. And it says there is no rest. Well, I need to stand my ground. I'm going to speak my mind. Well, will it really cause you to sleep well at night? How many of us have ever, don't raise your hands. <laughs> How many of us have ever really spoke in our mind and said what we wanted to say and went home and felt okay about it. Well, yeah, I felt okay. I got, and you laid down and what'd you do? You continued to run that through your brain. The next day you're still thinking, whether you feel justified or not, you're still running it through your brain. There's no rest. It didn't get off of you. It's still hanging on. There's no rest. That's what clamor does. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Who would have thought that the Bible has this much to talk about our attitude? Yeah. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 23. Stay away from all foolish arguments. Close it up. Let's go home. Enough said. Stay away from all foolish arguments of the immature. For these disputes will only generate what? More conflict. Sometimes it's better just to say, you know what? 
you're going to do what you want to do. You're going to believe what you want to believe. You're going to say what you want to say. Bless you. I love you. Man, you don't know how much I love you, but I'm not, this is the end of my conversation in this. And slide on out. Verse, uh, it only generates more conflict. Verse 24. For a true servant of the Lord, Jesus, will not be argumentative. Just letting, it, just letting things settle. For a true servant of the Lord will not be argumentative. For a true servant, I'll say it till somebody amens it, <laughs> of the Lord <laughs> will not be argumentative. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> but what will he be? But gentle. Go ahead. Toward the ones you like real well but gentle to the ones that don't get on your nerves. No, he said you'll be gentle to all and skilled in helping others see the truth. Having great patience. I just don't have no patience for them. And that's why you have no rest. Having great patience Toward the immature. And, be, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you have been sealed until the day of redemption. And get rid of all bitterness, anger, wrath, clamor, and evil speaking. See, these are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we want to make it all about, well, they won't let somebody dance and they won't let people pray in tongues. That's not what grieves him. What is evil speaking? Let's look at the definition. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm trying. Evil speaking is verbal abuse against someone which denotes the very worst type of slander mentioned in with false witness about uh, wounding, uh, uh, hang on here, wounding someone's reputation. By evil reports or evil speaking. Well, I only said the truth, but was someone's reputation wounded by it? Well, it's not gossip if it's the truth. Was someone's reputation ruined or injured by what you said? That's evil speaking. Remember, our, our grandmas used to tell us all the time, if you ain't got nothing good to say. <laughs> this is what evil, we think evil speech and speak, well, they cussed. Nope. <laughs> nothing to do with that. It's when someone's reputation is ruined. But I only spoke the truth. But how, all right, I know the truth about Let's pick on Sally again. <laughs> Sally did something dumb. She did something silly. And, uh, so I'm going to go over here. And I know about it. And I'm like, Ted, here's, here's what we do. I don't want to gossip. But man, we need to pray. I'm real concerned, Dave, about Sally. So I got to tell somebody because somebody's got to pray with me. 
And so I tell Ted the silly thing that Sally's did. And now we walk away and I'm like, I got that off my chest. No, what I did is I gossiped real good. What I did was evil speak because now he's going to look at her like, I can't believe you did that. And now every time they cross each other, he's going to look at her and go, silly, silly Sally. See, what did I do? Guess what? What if he never tells anybody? He's got to deal with that, right? But where's Holy Spirit grieved? Why? Because I wounded her reputation. Yeah, but you don't know how bad they hurt me. You don't know what they said about me. Doesn't matter. You can either grieve Holy Spirit or remain in rest. I know sometimes I got to act like a pastor. <laughs> these, are, these messages get hard, don't they? If I hurt her reputation, then I've been the one to evil speak. Mm. Go to Proverbs chapter 6. I can't, it's, folks, we have to be, it, it, it's such a delicate thing. Now again, just because the Holy Spirit gets wounded or grieved at us, again, he's not going to, it's not what we're talking about. But he couldn't bless the children of Israel because of their grumblings, the things that come out of their mouth. Proverbs chapter 6, verse, uh, what are we going, 16. There are six evils God truly hates and seventh is an abomination to him. Putting others down while considering yourself superior. That's something God hates. And when I ruin her, when I hurt her reputation, and I walk away feeling justified. What we're really doing is I'm going to go over and tell Ted, say, let me tell you how much better if Sally than I am. I would never do that. <laughs> okay. Putting others down while considering yourself superior. Spreading lies and rumors. Even if the rumor's true, it's still a rumor. Come uh. on. Spilling the blood of the innocent. Plotting evil in your heart toward another. Gloating over, the, over doing what's wrong, what's plainly wrong. Spouting lies in false testimony. And stirring up strife between friends. King James says, those who sow discord among the brethren. Stirring up strife among friends. These are entirely despicable to God. And we think we can be restful. We can rest in our salvation when we're doing things that is despicable to God. And do not grieve, back in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you have been sealed until the day of redemption. But get rid of bitterness, wrath, anger, Clamor, evil speaking, with all malice. These are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Last one, let's go through it real quick. Malice. What is malice? Malice is vicious disposition and desires. 
rather than the active exercise of them. In other words, you're just hateful. You may not act on it, but you're just hateful. Grumble. It is ill will, a desire to injure. It is to insult, to harm, or to cause injustice to. I can't stand them. I won't do nothing about it, but I can't stand them. Every time I, every time I see Darren come around, ugh. <laughs> it just does something to me. I just want to move. Did I ever tell you how much it bugs me when I see Darren come around? That's malice, folks. That's because my attitude toward him is completely opposite of the personality, the persona of my father, which is in heaven. And how can I just say, oh yeah, we're all good. Well, ain't nothing happening in my life. I hope the bottom rots out of their boat. <laughs> They'll get theirs and I hope I'm around to see it. No, I know nobody in this room has ever said anything like this. I know you haven't. You all are better than this. But this are the thing, these are the things that grieve Holy Spirit. Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26. Verse 24. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. You know, when you walk over and I look at Darren and I fist bump him and I hug him and I walk away going <laughs> See, he who hates will disguise it with his lips. All the while will build up inside of him. Lays up deceit inside of himself. Verse 25. And when he speaks kindly, do not believe him. Oh, just, I've picked on Darren. I'm not mad at Darren. <laughs> For there are seven abominations in his heart. What did we just read in the other Proverbs? There are seven things God, God says that a person who does this probably is dealing with all of these. They're already, all those seven things are already abiding in their heart. Hmm. Verse 26, and through his hate, and though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. In other words, be sure your sin will find you out. <laughs> Eventually it'll come out because they're going to do something and you're going to blow plumb up. And the words that spew out of your mouth were going to reveal what was in your heart. Remember, we already read that scripture. What's in a man's heart is the produce of his lips. What his mouth says will show what's in his heart. Eventually, in front of everybody, it's going to come out. What he really believed. What she really believed. Leviticus chapter 19. I'm rushing now. <laughs> Dan says, just chill out. Leviticus, I'm telling you folks, we have rest in the Holy Spirit. The ever, do you think, does this sound like rest at all? Nope. Nope. And it's not God's fault that we're not in the rest. It's our fault. All right, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 16. Don't spread gossip and rumors. Well, what if it's true? 
Ain't you to, ain't up to you to reveal it, probably. I'm telling you, we've justified ourselves, folks. That we think, but just because it's true, it's okay to say. <laughs> oh. Don't stand by when your neighbor's life is in danger. I am God. Don't secretly hate your neighbor. If you have something against them, get it out in the open. Otherwise, you are an accomplice to his guilt. In other words, I'm going to hug Darren. Let's just stay on Darren. I'm going to walk away going... No matter what he's guilty of, I'm just as guilty now. I'm an accomplice in his guilt. Whatever his guilt was. Verse 18. Don't seek revenge. Hang on. Or carry a grudge. I'm telling you... I know we're never thinking about ourselves. We're probably all sitting here thinking, oh, I understand so-and-so a whole lot better now. (laughs) But maybe I need to look in the mirror and say, oh, maybe I understand myself a little better now. Don't hold a grudge or carry, uh, uh, don't, don't seek revenge or carry a grudge against any of your people. Love your neighbor as yourself, for I am God. Bobby, I want to ask you to do a little bit of jumping here. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. I'll give you a moment to find it because he's got a hundred slides, literally a hundred and four slides today. He's got a hundred slides to find. So go back and find me Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. It says, and do not grieve, sadden, or cause to be sad. The Holy Spirit of God There we go. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Verse 31, if you can find it real quick, Bobby. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. In other words, what... Grieves Holy Spirit is the things we've talked about today. Now, jump all the way back down to that last scripture, Bobby. Let's read verse 32. Man, he's fast. Good job. I'm hard to follow. <laughs> I'm hard to follow. I'm, I, you know, I look up. Reese is back there trying to get it on the live stream and keep up with me. Good job, boys. That's all I can tell you. And, and Elizabeth, when she's up there, I don't know how y'all do it. He says, be kind one to another. How do, we ent- how do we stay in rest? How do we maintain this relationship with Holy Spirit? Be kind one to another. How hard is that? Be kind one to another. Look what he says. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another just as God in Christ also forgave you. And by walking in this, we maintain that rest. Amen. We're connected. We're not, we're not living like the children of Israel who went 40 years when God said, Ugh, I don't want God to think of me. He said, man, I love him, but ugh. 40 years. 
I love them. They're my chosen people. <laughs> Come on. And entering into this rest. Doing this, just this last verse. Tenderhearted, kind, forgiving will cause you to maintain that rest in the Holy Spirit. Because anything opposite of that is a hard Let's just, I'm going to go West Virginia on you. You all may have the same saying here. It's a hard road to hoe. It's hard life. Man, when we let it all go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you, Lord, that you're causing us to be more like you all the time, Lord. That you are causing us to maintain our relationship with you in, in, in a way that causes us to treat others the way you would treat them. And I thank you, Father, that you're doing it in us now and you're doing it in us forever. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.